This is episode number 889 with Formula One world champion Nico Rosberg. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Dalai Lama said, with the realization of one's own potential and self-confidence in one's ability, one can build a better world. And my friend, it's not until we start to realize our confidence and our ability, that's when we start to overcome the anxiety, the stress, the worry, the doubt, the fears that hold us back. It's because in those actions and in those ways of being that hold us back, we're never able to realize who we can truly become. And I talk about this all the time. How do we build this self-confidence? How do we overcome this self-doubt? It's through doing hard things every single day. It's through mastering new skills. We're at the end of a year, end of a decade, and I'm already thinking about what's the challenging thing that I want to master next year? What's the new skill that I've always wanted to master, that I haven't done yet. When I master something new, it builds this like belt around my waist of confidence. And every time I add a new tool to the belt, I just feel more bulletproof. So whatever it is that you're afraid of right now, go do that thing. Do it consistently until you've overcome it and then mastered it. And I'm so excited about this interview. We've got Nico Rosberg. If you don't know who he is, he's a former professional race driver who won the 2016 Formula One World Championship for the Mercedes team. And Nico started his Formula One career in 2006 and joined the Mercedes team in 2010, almost a decade ago. And with that team, he won 23 Grand Prix and 30 pole positions after finally beating his great rival, Lewis Hamilton, in 2016 at the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. And Nico shocked the sporting world by retiring at age 30, having achieved everything after that world championship. And he's now reinvented himself as a startup investor in some cool companies and a new event that he hosts over in Europe as well. And he's got a new podcast called Beyond Victory. And he sits down with some of the world's most successful individuals to discover their secrets to success, what continues to drive them forward, and to hear a few exclusive stories in the process. And in this episode, we talk about Nico's upbringing and how his father and professional racing career has influenced how he is raising his own kids. How just having talent is not enough to be successful in sports, and there are many other social skills and intelligences that are required to be the best. How having a little arrogance can give you the competitive edge needed to win. This was fun to talk about. The power of simplifying your life and building barriers from distraction. I love how he creates these barriers in his life and simplifies to one focus. And how Nico manages his fear and self-doubt on and off the racetrack. Because he talks openly about having this fear and insecurity even in the, the journey of becoming world champion. So I think that'll be really insightful for you. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host so listen we all know life is full of yada yada like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print and i know you've dealt with yada yada before like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else and yes it is possible to outsmart yada yada like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is all already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome to the School of Greatness. We've got the legend Nico in the house. Good to see you, man. Thank Su you for having me. Super pumped. Uh, we're in Austin, Texas. We've been emailing back and forth for what, three, four months now? Yep. Probably. And I didn't even know who you were until a few friends said, oh my gosh, this guy, Nico, uh, talked about you. He talked about your book on his YouTube channel and they freaked out. And I was like, okay, I got to learn more about this guy. They're huge fans of Formula One, which is only three people in America, right? 
That sucks, yeah. <laughs> Our sport is like one of the biggest globally. Huge but, everywhere. Uh, but everywhere except America. And every time it's on, I'm always like, it's always late night. It's like a rerun or something mm. when it's on here. But uh, you guys are picking up here in the U.S., right? Yes, I mean, they're going for it because for the sport to be successful globally, the U.S. is like such an important market. And we have U.S. owners now. So they're doing really? everything to try and grow the sport in America. Uh, so we've got this race here in Austin, Texas, which is where we are at the moment, sitting in this uh, hotel room, no, a hotel, whatever, meeting room here. Uh-huh. Um, so this is like one of the starts to try and go big in America. Why is it um, important for it to be big here in America? Because uh, America is the global powerhouse for anything. Mm-hmm. And, and if you want to be big, whatever, if it's a company or a sport or whatever, you have to conquer America. Yeah, um, We know that and everybody knows that. So um, that's what I was trying to do. I think one of the most powerful ways would be to have an American driver. That would be, that would be the way to go. So how do we do how that? Are your, how are your skills? I'm, you too, you have a I'm too big though, Come right? On, you, you, could, you can jump from one sport to the <laughs> I, other easily. I have jumped in many sports. And be the best in any sport you go for. So. I have jumped in many sports. But I'm a big guy. You're supposed to be smaller, right? You're supposed to be like compact and a um, certain size. They've loosened up the rules now. When I was driving, which is three years ago, every gram of your body weight mattered. But now because drivers went on hunger, like went so extreme on diets and went too light and really it started to become a bit dangerous, they, um, they kind of set a, a driver li- limit minimum now. So even if you're a small guy, you have to put lead weights to your seat. What? To bring it up to, no uh, to your kind of weight. Really? Yeah. So you do have a chance. Because I'm, I'm 225, 225 That's pounds. pushing it a little bit, maybe. That's pushing it. So I got to <laughs> drop about 40 pounds probably. More or less, yeah. Really. So... Now, is it true that there are half a billion fans worldwide? Is that, the, is that what I heard? Yeah, so globally, Formula One is top three sport, together with uh, after, sport after Olympics and soccer. It's the most cricket, viewed right? sport in the world, in front of cricket. In front of cricket. Yeah, so it's absolutely massive. Why is it not big here? Why is NASCAR no massive here, but no one... I have no idea. It used to be. Back in the 60s and 70s, it used to be very, very big. And I think many of the older listeners will remember those days. Um, with Ferrari racing back in those days sure. and, and all the all the legends of the time, and then somehow the sport lost uh, lost the connection to to the U.S. and now trying to build it up again. Okay, is that part of your mission? I would like to support, yeah, if I can, yeah. yeah. But uh, it's not really part of my my main mission because I have other projects now. Other visions, uh, yeah. yeah. But even going back, so my father was a, a Formula One world champion himself, mm-hmm. and he won on the parking lot in Vegas. That's, really? There used to be a Formula One race in the Caesars Hotel parking no lot. No way. And he won the world championship on that parking lot. In Vegas. Yeah, so back in those days, F1 was massive still. Okay. Now, did, you, did your dad influence you in a big way, or were you also just a fan of Formula One without your dad being the world champ? No, certainly my dad influenced me massively because as I was growing up, he was still racing, not in Formula One anymore, but in some touring cars like NASCARs. Uh-huh. And then growing up watching your father do that, which is the racing, the adrenaline, the, the, the crowds going mad, um, the battles and everything. I mean, there was no other way than be inspired by that. And so from very small on, it just became my dream to become a, a racing driver myself and try and make that hobby into my, into my job as well. Uh-huh. But weren't you also like world-class in tennis and other, didn't you do other sports as well? Yeah, so um, my mom was pushing for tennis. My really? dad was pushing for, uh, for <laughs> racing driving because <laughs> my, my mom was dead scared about the racing driving because uh-huh. it was so dangerous. But then when I was 10, I mean, clearly I had a better chance in, in racing driving and, and both were equally fun and yeah. just went for the racing driving then, I think, which was quite a good choice. Yeah, so I'm assuming most of my audience doesn't know who you are. I'm just going to let you know. Yeah, that's in why I know. In the US. Yep. So give them uh, some context about the process. For those who don't know, what's the process of actually becoming 
a professional Formula One driver. You started racing when you were four or five years old, go-karts, yep. right? And how's the actual process go to get to where you were? So everybody starts in go-karting. And everybody. I started, yeah, everybody. What if I was a 20-year-old man? And I was like, I want to get started in the sport. It's very, very rare. There's maybe one guy, and nowadays no one anymore. But you're not go-karting at 20. You're starting with... You're starting with the uh, smaller Formula One cars. You are, Junior okay. Formula okay. One. Gotcha. Yeah, so you start in go-karting. And uh, I started when I was four, because as with tennis and, and golf, you have to start young, I uh-huh. think, to, to really take the most time to practice the skill. And then you start racing go-karts at the age of 10, and you start going for world championships at the age of 12. Uh, really go-karting world championships for all like around juniors, the world. For like juniors, yeah, right? 12 yeah, 12-year-olds, yeah. And it, at the time, that feels like the world champ- the, the championship of the universe, like the most important thing really? in the world. Yeah. And of course, you got all the ice, uh, ice skating dads. I don't know if they're called like that in the US <laughs> as well. Sure, sure. But there's big fights. I mean, huge Between fights. Parents? Yeah, cheating, fighting. No way. Even at such a young age. Because there's so much uh, at stake, you know. So, and it's in, it's the same in every sport. Um, it's just uh, it's just a bit of a crazy world, you know. How how then uh, the parents are kind of living their passion through their child mm-hmm. and are forcing their child and pushing their child and things. So saw a lot of that, which which is horrible. Um, which gave me a lot of life lessons as well for how I want to bring up my kids. Mm. I'm very very sensitive to making sure that I don't impose things just because I desire them on my kids. Right. Um, how do you do that as a parent? It's so difficult because the simplest things, why am I pushing my child to walk uh, at the age of eight months? Because I, wanna, I, want, people, I want to get people's recognition mm. that my child is wow, so superhuman yeah. and is the first child in the world to walk. <laughs> and I catch myself doing that. Wow. And that's the same for every parent. Um, and the it's just crazy. Words it's crazy. One, yeah. It's completely crazy. And it's all because of our own need for recognition. Wow. And so that's just one example. And I, I'm, because of these life lessons and also all the psychology and philosophy studies that I've been through, I kind of learned that awareness, to be aware of all these things and understand. And then I can react differently and more appropriately. So mm. when I catch myself doing that, I put the handbrake on now. Really? Because I'm like, Nico, that's just wrong. It's just not good. Well, there's, I think there's a way of wanting to accelerate your kids' growth and give them the best tools to be successful but also like remove your ego from being like, look at me, I'm the super dad, right? You're very right. It's a very difficult it's balance very to find. Challenging. You don't have kids yet, huh? I don't, no. So this is all in front of you. I know, I'm always learning it's, from like new parents of what to you do. You thought any of your um, self-development things were challenging? This, is, this the, is the biggest. This is the biggest school. This is the biggest challenge and school in the whole world. The hardest thing to get through, the most wonderful thing to get I, through. I can imagine. But it's, uh, it's incredible. And... I mean, it's, it's just, it's almost impossible to be, to do it well. Yeah. It's so difficult. Now, do you feel like your dad gave you the tools, but also distanced his ego and his desires away from you of like, you need to do this? Or was he supportive in whatever dreams you had? Um, I'll just, I'll just cover first. Well, maybe I'll go to that. So um, my dad, I think, found very good balance mm. because he got exactly what you said. So he always showed that he expected me to do well in life and perform. He's a workaholic himself, yeah. like completely, like a, a madman in terms of in terms of work. Yeah, I mean, flat out, and so that's kind of his baseline. Yeah, yeah. And so therefore, he expected a lot of me as well as a kid, whether it's school or go karting or everywhere, um, which was not always easy to live up to that kind of expectation, because for him to be proud, um, it felt like I needed to do all those things to yeah, extreme right. levels of professionality and dedication. You know, so not always easy. 
Um, but it really helped me, you know, um, push forward and, and grow my own like ambitions and determination. So it was a huge help. And then he was very, very smart because once I got to F1, we had a conversation uh, and I told him as well that it just added a lot of pressure, his, his expectation on me. So open conversation. How old were um, you? 20. When you got there, gotcha. Yeah. Became a and professional. Then, yeah, professional at 20. Uh -huh. and, um, and then he was very smart. He completely pulled back because he's done it all before in F1. So he, has, he knows everything. It would be so easy for him to just tell me how to do it. So, of course, he had the urge, you know, to teach me everything, show me everything and help me all the way. And but it just doesn't work like that. You know? He didn't help you that much. Well, because it's, I can't even accept his help. It's just too hard you know, to, to accept the opinion of the dad. And, wow. and uh, as maybe, maybe many of the um, listeners will know how it is to, uh, to follow the guidance from the parents. It's not always easy. Right, right. <laughs> and I was a bit so allergic he, to that as well. So, so you he were, pulled back. Completely. You were almost becoming rebellious, but then he said, oh, I'm witnessing this. Let me pull back. Not rebellious. It was just difficult yeah. um, because of the extra pressure, really, that it yeah. added. Just I created myself mm -hmm. um, because of wanting recognition as well from my parents and, in this case, from my dad. So was a, um, did he win the world championship once or? So I won the world championship. He no, did. Your, your dad, yeah, he yeah. won once. Yeah. Once. So yeah. you had this pressure of like... It, Always being compared to your father, I'm assuming. Also that, yes. Growing up, um, when the dad has achieved something big, of course, and especially if you go the same route, everybody from the early age of like eight years old, all the time, every lap, every stopwatch taken is like, okay, is, dad he, like at this is he time? now as dad? Is he now as good as his dad? Oh my god! Or is he or is he useless? <laughs> oh my gosh, man, that's a lot and of it's pressure. All the all the way. How do you overcome that mentally? There's no magic ingredient. Um, there's no magic ingredient. I mean, you would say, don't focus on results, focus on doing the best that you can be. The process, yeah, yeah, yeah But of damn, I mean, I know that, but it's so just so hard. difficult to implement. So Even hard. knowing that. Yeah, with uh, all the it's press just and the media and everyone, everyone interviewing you constantly. They don't care oh. about results. They don't yeah. care at all about how well you did for yourself yeah. and reaching your best potential. Mm -hmm. They don't care at all. Or you know, society doesn't care at sure, all either. Sure. So that's that makes it so hard. Well, at the same time, though, it was also a huge benefit to be the son of a successful dad in the sport because, of course, then more sponsors are interested mm -hmm. and will help you. And mm -hmm. even F one teams are more interested because you have a name. Um, and then coming back to the process, so you start in go karting until the age of fifteen, and then you do Formula Four, Formula Three, Formula Two, Formula One. Wow. So that's the the okay. ladder, and you have to win everything to get to Formula One. So Formula One is then the winners of all the age groups. They all end up there together. Then. Wow. So a lot of these guys you, you were teenagers with. I'm yeah, assuming. a lot of them. A lot, a lot of them I raced grew up with. along the way. Yeah. Uh -huh. And the biggest competitor for all the years of my life in racing was a certain Lewis Hamilton. Uh -huh. So He's got a good I think first name. more of your re uh, listeners will they, probably know him yeah, of course. In, this, uh, in this moment now, although maybe some of you still don't because... Uh, they probably just know maybe because of social media, but not because of the sport. Yeah, possibly, yeah. So Lewis Hamilton now is, um, has just won his sixth title here in Austin. Mm -hmm. Actually, I'm, well, I'm a bit fast forwarding here. Sure, it's going to sure. happen on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> but this podcast is going to come out afterwards. Yeah. So he'll have won his sixth title. And the greatest of all time has seven titles, which is Michael Schumacher uh -huh. in the Ferrari. And so next year, he's very likely to beat all those and become the greatest of all time that our sport has ever seen in 70 years of our sport. Wow. Now, you used to be a Ferrari, right? 
Me? Yeah. No, you see, that's where you didn't do your preparation well. But originally, I thought you originally <laughs> was with with Williams. Ferrari. Williams, which is also a legendary Formula One team. Okay. I thought you were riding Ferrari. Someone told no. me you rode Ferrari no, no. back in the day, and then you switched. Williams, which is Williams. just as Ferrari, one of the legendary teams. Gotcha. That's where I started out with, which is the team with which my dad also became world champion. Okay, okay, okay. And then from then... You switched. From then, switched to uh, Mercedes. Now, is it... Is the car, how much does the car have to do with it? And how much does the driver have to do with it? This is a very common question and it's just difficult to answer. But mm -hmm. the best example is one of the greatest of our sports who retired two years ago was Fernando Alonso, a Spanish guy, also two-time world champion. And he was racing for McLaren in the last uh, three years of his career. And he was always finishing 12th, 15th, 16th, although he was the best driver out there. Really? So the car has a huge part in it. Um, because from the best car to the worst car at the moment, there's four seconds per lap. But then from the best driver to the worst driver, there's about five tenths per lap. And so the car has the big chunk, but then as a driver, you can still make a big difference because it's up to five so tenths. why would you stay with McLaren? If you're the best driver, why would you go with the best car? Um, there was, I think, about $40 million that paid for uh, some of the miseries per okay. year. <laughs> okay, so an extra $40 million. So there was 40 million, 40 million reasons, I guess, really? maybe. Why? I mean, that's a bit mean to say. Um, right, right. It's no, also the money. It's also, of course, that you don't. You sometimes you just can't choose because there's very limited availability. And in his case, now the top teams didn't want him anymore, and um, so there wasn't much choice. And McLaren is an awesome team, mm -hmm. and it just was a bit of bad luck as well that they just didn't get it get it together and had such a bad car. So if I'm the best driver in the world, I can't choose the best car. No, because that's another point about sports in general huh? or, or life in general, mm -hmm. that just being the best or having the greatest talent isn't enough. Um, you, need to, you need to have social skills. You need to be emotionally mm -hmm. intelligent. You need to work your way into the right places. You need to play the media game. Mm -hmm. You need to know how to be dedicated yourself and prepare the best possible way. So it's just, just talent is not enough. Everything else counts. And also then to have success in our sport, it's important that you maneuver yourself into the best car in the right moment. Really? Because there's some drivers who were seen as one of the greatest of all time who never even became world champion just because they never sat in the right car. But it's a part of it. So you can't really call them the best drivers of all time because part of it is to know how to get yourself into the right car, um, get the right deals done, manage yourself. So there are people that are considered the best in the world. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. If your child is struggling in school, then IXL is right for your family. IXL is an online learning program for kids that covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. It's no wonder it's used in 95% of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Plus, a month of IXL costs less than an hour of tutoring. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com 20. Visit IXL.com 20 to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. 
Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Never won a world championship because exactly, yeah. of the car. Yeah. Even never won a race. There's one guy what? called Chris Amon. He's, uh, he's a New Zealand uh, uh, Kiwi. Uh-huh. Never won a single race. But he was considered one of the and greatest. And he's considered one of the fastest. How is he considered one of the fastest? Well, because you know. You, you know you from outside, you can see what they can do in inferior cars really? compared to the teammates that they have. Uh, so those are always kind of references. Based on the other cars within exactly. the Exactly. So it. you can always kind of judge what kind of level they're at. Okay. And so there's a lot of people who like, say... Imagine if he was in this car. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. So that's different to you playing handball, yeah. where um, for your own performance, it just comes down to your own... Skill set. You have the balls, the same yeah. net. Yeah, yeah exactly. more simple. But in our case, we really depend on the technology that we're racing with, mm. which is built by 1,500 employees per team. So my team had 1,500 people up. to build two racing cars this every year. This is expensive. Year. Yeah, 400 million budget. For the cars? No, no. So 90% of that was driver salaries. Oh, my god. And then gosh. there's 10% left for building the cars. What a wrong business. Just kidding. <laughs> 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 That was just a joke. No, it's good. But the 400 million is accurate, just the driver's salary ratio. <laughs> the 400 million per year per team is accurate. For two cars. For two and race a thousand cars. 1,000 employees. 1,500 employees. Traveling with it all and yeah. whatever it takes to. Oh yeah, my yeah. gosh. Of man. course, the 1,000 employees don't, the 1,500 don't travel. Right, right. It's only about 90, I think. Oh my gosh, man. But it's, it's huge. It's completely it's massive out of control. Yeah, massive. Now, what was the biggest lesson that your dad taught you growing up? He always said, you always meet twice in life. So when you do part ways because of an argument or whatever, remember, you'll always meet that person again. So part ways, try to make it on good terms. Interesting. And that has, give, that has given me so much. So don't and burn bridges. No. And it's really, I think, at least five times where it's fundamentally impacted the course of my life that I've listened to him and parted ways on good terms because then a few years later, having that relationship not destroyed meant I could get back at something and, and it gave me a huge step in, in my life. Did you ever destroy a relationship that, you, that actually came back to hurt you? So I'm, I'm much more on the sensitive, not impulsive uh, side. I, I always very rational uh, thinking. So I will very rare, I, almost never do I like um, react go out of control. Or, really? Yeah. That's good. It must be like a. Uh, you, you're a your bit more. Way. You're I'm, a bit more I'm on more the other passionate. side. No? <laughs> a bit more on the other side. You have yeah. to learn. I have to learn over the years of like making mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Like okay. So one of your don't text this thing back to this person. You know, <laughs> uh, I wish I could delete that text. Yeah. Or don't knock this guy out because he, uh, exactly. he pushed you in bas- basketball. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> don't get in fights anymore on the streets. Yeah. Uh, but you learn through mistakes, I think, for sure. So that was a great lesson from your dad. What, what did well, your mom teach you? What was the greatest lesson? My mom to be humble, stay humble. Yeah, and keep your feet on the ground and, and sure. always treat other people with respect. Yeah. I think that's the biggest lesson from her because she does that very well. Yeah. Not exactly her teaching me, but me seeing her do it. And I think that's, yeah. um, that's a big one. And character-wise, I'm much more like my mom than, than my dad. Uh, so, Sensitive, so that was humble. A, that was a big lesson yeah. from her, yeah. which also just gave, uh, gave me a lot uh, in life. Mm-hmm. Because uh, going arrogant is, is um, not good. And it's a big, big problem especially for people who have success, 
they'll always just start to believe they're a god, you know? Yeah, and you treat and, people uh, poorly. And exactly, it's not good. and it just backfires. Yeah, it it will eventually. It will. Even though it can be successful for many many years, one day it will backfire in a big way. There's also no joy in that experience. That's probably the biggest it's backfiring. It's like you have this inner demon or battle that you're constantly facing where you think you're better than everyone, and that's, that's challenging because it's very lonely if you live in that way. Do you speak of experience? I mean, I would think that like... I don't think I ever got to that place, but there's probably maybe moments where like a few days, maybe I felt like that. And after you win a bunch of games or make a bunch of money, I thought like, okay, whatever. But then I was quickly remembered like, no, just be grounded, be humble, be grateful. And so I don't think I've ever really gotten there. I think there's moments of reaction in situations where I've gotten there, but not consistently. That makes sense. So I struggle to I struggle to understand those kind of feelings because I'm on the other side. I'm the lack of self confidence. I'm more on that end, um, which again has its strengths and weaknesses. It has its weaknesses in that you're just very sensitive, mm-hmm. and uh, and and a lot of fear comes in, and and fear of failure and all these kind of things. But at the same time, fear is like a huge driver, and to become a better person, to mm-hmm. prepare better, and. Um, and sensitivity also helps you learn, you know, and improve yourself because you're always questioning yourself. Mm-hmm. How can I do a little bit better? And and the arrogant guy will always think it's the other guy's fault because right. I'm the best in the world. Right, right. And or so, the car broke so, down or is this exactly. person's fault, yeah. And so there's really, it's a trade-off. It's a trade-off. It's funny because whenever you watch someone do an interview after they win a game, right, like a big football game or basketball there's usually two different responses from when the interviewer goes, how did you do it? Congrats on the win. You see the, I'm the greatest in the world. I knew it was going to happen. The Muhammad Ali, the Mayweather, the McGregor type of response. Like, I'm the greatest. I knew I was going to win. Of course, this is simple. These guys are either Zlatan. I don't know if you watch soccer, but Zlatan's hilarious. Of course, of course. Have you had him on your podcast? No, I yes. haven't, no, but I watched him lose like, last week in a playoff game against LAFC. And his response in the interview was just like, I made everyone here famous. I'm the greatest in the world. He's like, <laughs> they lost. And he goes, Epic. these guys wouldn't even be famous without me. You know, it's hilarious. <laughs> Epic. And then there's the other response, which is, you know, all the praise goes to God or my team or to my coaches or, you know, we've just been so humble and working very hard. We're just following the process. It's a more grounded response. Yeah. And I think either way can work. Yeah, but if I look at the um, the vast majority, it tends towards that arrogant side. Yeah. Because it also, being in the public space and having so many people judging you every second of the way is such a burden. And I think having that little bit of arrogance yeah. and self-confidence just, just really gives you that a little bit more necessary strength, I think, in the mm-hmm. long run to deal with such a, such a crazy uh, right. environment. It does. I think. And so if I look at the F1 drivers, most of the most successful ones will tend to be a little bit towards arrogant. that, towards that like high, very self-confident, a touch of arrogance, love for themselves, you know, that direction. Do you feel like you need to have that in order to deal with the pressure, in order to, be, in order to feel like I am the greatest, I'm going to take those risks and do those things to make me win? I think, as you said, there's not, not just one way, but I think in terms of the majority, it's a little bit towards that direction, which, which is probably the um, more successful, more potential sure. character trait, I think. And also those guys usually have the glass half full rather than half empty, uh-huh. which also it just, it just gives us a little bit more stability and, and strength, I think. And if those guys then still question themselves, 
And in some way, they still manage to understand that they need to improve themselves all the time, which is Michael Schumacher, for example. Mm -hmm. He had this incredible self-confidence um, and self-love, but still worked his butt off and questioned himself and wanted to improve himself all the time. So that's the magic ingredient then, which is very rare, I think. Yeah, I think when you're arrogant and you think you're the best in the world, you have blind spots where you're like, you don't think about the little minor things exactly. that maybe you need to improve. And therefore, when you start to hit your decline, because at some point you will decline, whether it's physically, emotionally, mentally, like at some point age will get the best of you. At what, at what point in sports? At, at some point, right? In sports. Is there, is there some, um, is there some uh, guideline from, from doctors or what? No, I just think like you said, you know, 37, 38 is kind of like the older spectrum yeah. of the sport because yeah. it's just so physically demanding. So you're not going to be 60 probably and playing at a high performance. In front. How does Tom Brady do it? How the hell is that possible? That at the age of uh, you still have that hand-eye coordination. Is it experience that just overcomes I mean, a little bit? So he's so disciplined with his body where he's extending the quality of his health with everything that he does. So I've met Tom a few times. I know a lot of people on his team. And he's not superhuman. He just is super intentional in what he does every single day. I mean, if you watch his college football, he sucked. <laughs> well, well, I mean, he was like a, he, he wasn't an average. A, he wasn't an average. I mean, he was an elite quarterback in a, in the, a Big Ten in a conference for Division One, right? So he's an elite quarterback, but based on the standards of like freaks of nature athletes, he wasn't like this incredible looking athlete. Doesn't wasn't fast. Didn't have this amazing arm but he has consistently been focused on his health and his mind is so strong that I think his mind carries him through any challenge and adversity. And I think the mindset is the thing that a lot of people lose first. It's like when you start to doubt, like you were smart, you went out on top. You didn't say like, I'm gonna go try to like three-peat, you know, go back to back because the mind, when the mind is gone, I think it's hard. It doesn't matter what the body, if you're healthy or not. And you talk about ins insecurity and you, did you feel like you lacked self-love? Yeah, throughout? but I still do. Gen generally do. Where does that come from if you lack self-love? Um, where does it come from? A lot is linked to the need, of, need for recognition from mm -hmm. others around, mm -hmm. whether it's friend or the public or whatever. I think a little bit above average need for that I have. Why is um, it? Because you're a psychologist. I mean, you study psychology. Yeah, it's as, long as, I, yeah, it's as long as I can think, really. Even as a young kid, so shy. Could never even speak in front of other people in any way. Extreme shyness. So it's as long as I can think really that I have that. Um, then I don't know. Then I, I think about my parents and things possibly because um, my father was traveling a lot. Um, maybe that adds a little, bit, yeah. a little bit to it. Because uh -huh. um, as, as I said, you know, workaholic, so uh -huh. possibly. You didn't see him but much. Not, but as much as I think of it, I cannot find a real evidence of it in my mind. It's just a possibility because as we always say, the youth has such an impact on our early days. Uh -huh. So, um, and I, I don't blame him or anything in any way. Sure, sure. But, um, How do you think we develop self-belief and eliminate that insecurity? Is that possible? Um, I've tried so much. Really? It's so hard. So I did it, I helped myself with, first of all, um, I, I grow as, like for example, I could never speak in front of my class. I couldn't and, either. And now I can speak in front of a thousand people. Yeah, yeah. And it's okay. 
Like sometimes I can even almost enjoy it. Right. And, <laughs> You're like, and, oh, I could breathe a little bit. Yeah. No, and so and this is inc- this is the most incredible transformation because literally even in front of six people I could not. That speak. was me. That was like, me. I wouldn't sleep the whole night before. It would be shaking my my that whole mouth me, would be shaking standing in front of them. Wouldn't black out. Wouldn't be able to think anymore. Like the greatest horror. And here is one of the biggest life lessons for me, which you know exactly about. It's you grow most when you push yourself into the discomfort. That's, That's where you do the biggest it's growth. Man. No, it's push yourself into the discomfort, push yourself into the suffering, push yourself into your fear. And that's where you grow most as a human being. And this I've learned so much from my life and, and I've become really good at that now. Now I have the courage. I almost love uh, pushing into that. Me. Because I just know the results that it will bring for me. And not only growth, but growth also equals proud and happiness. Mm -hmm. That brings long-term happiness. When you know that you're growing as a human being, you're learning, you're making progress, you keep pushing into the discomfort. And so, um, yeah, so this is something I learned uh, a lot from my life, which uh, you did too. Uh, That's my whole life. I feel like we're very similar. Where, Where is the biggest insecurity now? I mean, you're a world champion. You were the best in the world at what you did with a half a billion people watching who all support you, love you, think you're amazing. How is there still an insecurity or a lack of belief or a lack of self-love in certain areas of your life? How is that even possible now? Um, It's still a bit of that glass uh, half empty, I guess. And me wanting to be a different human being than I am. Uh I would love to be more of a macho kind of person. Um, Why? Why? Because, uh, because why? Why? Because that's kind of seen as cooler from society. Uh, those guys are says, kind of, those guys who? are seen as cool. Says who? <laughs> says society. Okay. It, but I'm saying this, and I just know it's so dumb. <laughs> You're laughing. <laughs> it's so dumb. But it's the instinct, you know. Can't change it. I mean, I, I can, but I, it's the way it is. For example, that I would like to be in in many respect different person than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the what's the what's the discomfort that you need to lean into in order to overcome that? Oh man. Like, what would it take if you said, I have a one-year challenge, 2020 is a new decade coming, and I need to rid myself of insecurity and a lack of um, disbelief in myself for anything in my life. What would that challenge be for you where you need to go all in and, and help yourself overcome it from... From again, being scared and trembling in front of six people like myself to being able to speak in front of a thousand, what would that experience be for you? Oh man, that's a different, this is now, now you got me uh, on the back foot there. Let's go, baby. Let's no, go. Because, <laughs> no, 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 because that's a, yeah, no, no, but that's a very, a very difficult one. How do you, the mo- I think one uh, powerful way would be to much better understand the suffering of mm-hmm. the kind of person that I would actually prefer being in some way. So the suffering, um, that is someone like, uh, we, we spoke about Lance Armstrong just uh-huh, earlier. Uh-huh. He is one of those guys who has this incredible like kind of self-confidence, arrogance and things like that. Always believing he's the best and greater than everybody else. And, um, and I think very powerful for me would be to better understand the suffering of those, those kind of people mm. um, because they have just as much or even more suffering than, than others. Yes. Um, you mean the so, suffering of, of people that believe they're the best? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the What's suffering the suffering of, that they face? Well, you can tell me because you're a bit on that direction. The lack of you need lack, to say that. Well, for me, it would be the desire to always prove people wrong. I think there's a defense mechanism when you're saying I'm the best. This person can't touch me. I'm going to prove them wrong. There's like this protectiveness around your heart and your ego to 
need love, to need to have a need that for recognition, recognition, then, love, acceptance. Yeah. And it's just more extreme for some people. So my entire life, I was focused on proving everyone wrong because I was picked on and bullied and I was laughed at when I would speak in front of my class because I had a stutter, all these different things. So it was a need to, and so I, would, so I wouldn't stand in front of my class and read aloud anymore because I was so terrified of being made fun of. And isn't it funny? Like, you pussied this, out. Yeah, exactly. And these memories shape our life, right? These moments, whether, whether it be one or many moments shape our life, and it did for me, multiple moments. And my whole goal of being a great athlete was to prove everyone wrong about me. To, yes, to get self-love, but it was like, I wanted to hurt those people to say like their words were not validated. I'm gonna go spend a decade, two decades to prove them wrong. I wasn't even thinking about it really like every day, but it was subconscious. And that was a driving force for me. But it left, you, it left me feeling very lonely, very even more insecure, because if I didn't win, then I was nothing. So you always had to win or you're a loser. And that's scary because you, you will do whatever it takes to win. And I hurt myself a bunch. I got a lot of injuries. And it just wasn't smart. And again, I'm more re I was more reactive because it was like no one wanted to be around me if I, if I ever lost because I was just so angry. So I think there's a level of discomfort inside. There was no peace ever. And I think there's not much peace for people like that. And so that's why I feel like since the last six years, I've been doing so much work on myself. I said, what if I could live a life where I didn't have to win and be the best at everything, but I could have this sustainable energy, this more pure loving energy that I could achieve all my dreams and feel 100% fulfilled and really enjoy the process like we talked about, like the moments every single day. And it's been a complete game changer for me to flip that. Now I'm still working out. I still get triggered and react in times, but that's, I think, the key. But for you... Where's the validation? Like, where do you still feel like you need to feel validated? It's just that general, um, all of us humans, we have it. Yes. Huh? This need for recognition. Yes. Uh, it's the whole tribal thing. Yes. That's why. Um, um, how so much validation for... do we need? You have a half a billion people that are like, <laughs> you're a god, you're a legend, you're amazing. I don't know. I don't do you know. need the whole world? Huh? I don't know. That's, it's addictive, huh? This, it's uh, this so fame addictive. is like, it's, it's a drug. It's a proper addictive drug. And if it and starts to go down, oh, it no, was no, big, that's, that's and now tough. it's less. That's tough. You're like, uh, am I not good enough that's anymore? That's tough, exactly. So this, I mean, for all the sportsmen out there, where the, and everybody ha has it because the career ends, and there's only one way after that. It's down. doesn't matter how down. successful you are afterwards. You're just living in the past. Down, yeah. I used to be good 10 years ago, right? Exactly. And the problem is that for uh, the people listening, it's just, it's so, for those who are, who've never experienced being in such a, such a public position uh -huh. where so many people are judging you, it's so difficult to, to understand, I think, to understand, uh, it because is. it's, because for all of us, we watch the Kardashians on TV and we want to be like them, many of us, yeah? Right, we right. We want to be like them, we want to be famous, oh, I must be just glitz and glam and money and just happiness and it's everybody, not happiness, everybody looks up to you. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so it's, it's a bit difficult to understand that, no, in that position, money and fame might actually bring sometimes more suffering than when you don't have it. As long as you're above a certain threshold of, of income where you don't have to worry about paying your rent in three months and mm -hmm. things like that. Of course, that's, that's a big, big suffering which right. many people have, which is more extreme than anything else, surely. But as, once you get beyond that, yeah, your basic I think needs. Uh, yeah. if you cover your basic needs, 
I think um, you better you have a good chance of being happier than the people who are actually having millions and billions and and are famous. When where do you feel the most fulfilled in your life? When you're doing, thinking, being what? The most fulfilled is when I um, uh, one one example is when I progress as a human being. Mm-hmm. So, for example, reading your book, mm-hmm. reading your book uh, is fulfilling because you just always you can always pick out a few things which are just in the end it's all the same because I've studied it for 10 years, but it's a little bit of a different angle again. Yeah. And then you think, and for 10 years I've thought, I know that. And then you give that small different angle, I'm like, shit, I didn't know anything. <laughs> right, right. I didn't know a single thing. Yeah. This is the way to go. There you go. Um, so that's very fulfilling. And then fulfilling is um, doing good for other people. Yeah. Um, the problem is, you have an awesome quote in your book, which is, rewards for good habits is growth, but poor habits have instant gratification. Yeah, they do. And so I'm always fighting against these instant okay. gratification I want a, habits. I want a cupcake right now. I want some <laughs> like, you know, sugary drink. It's a disaster. Drink, it's right? an absolute fight every day of my life. Yeah. Because the short-term instant gratification just always pulls you in. Feels so good. And the more difficult uh, good habits for long-term growth and happiness. Yeah. I just, uh, it's, oh, damn it, it just takes a lot of discipline. You know, the more we can delay gratification, the happier we become, I think. Mm. It's like the small results every single day. Even sometimes you can't even see them, but just knowing you did something you said you were going to do, like being your word, being consistent to who you say you want to become is the most powerful long-term. It's just the hardest to do. But I think it's, that's where the real, like, you learn more about yourself doing that than taking the easy way out. Of course. And of that's course. what it's all about. So my latest has been to, to try and get rid of the, uh, the, phone. the smartphone and switch to brilliant. Uh, switch to uh, old school Nokia. All in. For how long? <laughs> Completely. No, no, no. I'm, I'm doing this. My problem here is why, I've, why I have the smartphone on the table again now is um, in the US. because uh, my old Nokia doesn't work in the US. I don't know what's going on there, but it, does, it can't cope with the, with the latest 5G or whatever. So you won't be so, able to do tech. You won't be able to do emails. You so won't be able to scroll. I'm, I'm, a bit, uh, I'm a bit messed up now for these two days here. But then when I get back, it's back to the Nokia. But you won't have like uh, It just does Wi-Fi. SMS and phone. So and, a new gonna, po- and a new potential addiction, which is a snake game. Remember that? Yes. Oh, my so, gosh. So That's your only game. So first thing I did was go back on snake game like until my, my wife said, listen, you didn't switch to Nokia just to be on snake game all day long. Oh, my gosh. So stop that as well. So how are you going to be managing social media or responding um, to people? Is it just going to be phone calls? So, well, I still have my computer, for example. Oh, okay. it's just giving, That's it's smart. Just, it's just building a bit of a um, barrier to entry. That's smart. So I still have my laptop, so but work it's, more difficult. Work. Yes. it's more difficult to pull out the laptop all the time. So it's just creating this little bit of a distance. That's smart. So that's the, that's the way to do it. And um, again, from learnings, so one of the greatest learnings f- and for why I then eventually became world champion was because I learned to simplify life. So even on my way to being a world champion, I never read a single piece of news, especially not the ones about me, never really? read a single piece of news, never read a single email for the last uh, um, four or five months on my way to becoming a world champion. Just I, I chopped off everything, all the unnecessary... At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. If your child is struggling in school, then IXL is right for your family. 
IXL is an online learning program for kids that covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. It's no wonder it's used in 95% of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Plus, a month of IXL costs less than an hour of tutoring. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com 20. Visit IXL.com 20 to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Rubbish that we all get into, all the, what did I call them? Instant gratifications. Yes. Um, I chopped everything off in my life. And there was just racing, the preparation for that, um, making myself like well-being as much as I could, and the family. And that was it. There was nothing else. And, and that was just so powerful to give me the 2% more clarity of mind and potential when it mattered. Do you think if you would have done that five years prior that you would have been able to win a world championship if you would have eliminated distractions and instant gratifications? Mm, I'm or not was sure. That kind it's of a like difficult right question. Timing? It's a difficult question. It, it was everything is perfect the way it is, you know, and, yeah, yeah. and it was the right timing to continuously grow and become a better human being whilst also becoming a better driver. Yeah. And then that year was perfect to to take the title in that year and, and, and dominate the sport in that year was was the right uh, the right moment. Also, it's it's uh, it's not easy to go so it's because it's a bit extreme. Very. So it's always I think it find, having everything in balance is the most important mm-hmm. in life as well. Never just try and be the perfect uh, simplified life and become a monk. That's not the way right, either. Right. It's the middle way. So little gratifications uh, here and, and addictions here and there, and uh, and and watching Netflix or whatever oh, is fine. And it's it's in the in the balance that mm. you need to you need to find the right place. And I went extreme, so I chopped everything off. But that's what made you world champ. Yeah, I know. But on the, in the long term, it's not it's really not happy, a healthy. Yeah. Uh, I don't think a healthy way to go. I put I did a lot of medita- meditating as well. Mm-hmm. So I'll do like forty five minutes in the morning, forty five minutes in the evening, it's amazing. and short ones throughout the day, because the the highest form of meditation is the is doing it all through the day. Yeah. It's this awareness that you get. Constant and, and awareness. Constant, quick, bringing yourself back all the time. That's the ultimate form of meditation. Yeah. You don't need to sit there for hours and hours. Yeah. Doing a lot of that as well. Now, we were talking last night, and I said, what would you think about during the races? And tell me your response of what you would actually think I knew about. this is going to come up today. <laughs> yeah, because uh, um, so also one of my weaknesses, probably as a result of being this uh, more on the sensitive side, is uh-huh. this lack of presence. And always in my worries and in my doubts and in my fears and and so then in the racing as well. Um, you'd think that driving a car at uh, 230 miles an hour in a city, you wouldn't have time to think of much else. <laughs> um, but still, nevertheless, sometimes on the straights there is time, especially to think about fears, fears of losing and fears of uh, mainly fear of losing, really, yeah, and everything that comes with that. Um, sometimes also fear of getting hurt, of course, mm-hmm. in, in this sport, but mainly the fear of losing and. So yeah, lack of presence, which is something I, I w- try to work on a lot, but it's so difficult, so, so difficult to improve. So how much of how much percentage of time on the actual racetrack in a competition would you say you weren't focused on winning, but you were focused on worry, doubt, f- fear of losing, oh, insecurity? Quite a big one. What's the percentage? That's quite a big percentage. Like. Eighty percent, maybe maybe um, maybe seventy seventy. So seventy percent of your time. Sixty. Shit, that doesn't sound good. Seventy percent of your time. Let me give hope to all the listeners, please. Yes. Even with that kind of doubt, and still became the world champion. And not believing that I could do it, I conquered the world and became world champion. Seventy percent of the time, you're (laughs) doubting yourself. Living. Let's say fifty. I don't know. Let's not make it too extreme. Half half the time, you're thinking there's there might be a moment of worry. And it depends on the situation as well. 
if if there's a, a time in the race where I'm dominating and which of course happens a lot, then then that will you're sort good. of you're like, you can feel good and then it goes away. It's more in the in the times where you're not dominating, then all that then immediately the the, the self doubt will crop in. So everybody would, has it to some extent, of course, it's completely natural. Unless they're egomaniacs. Yeah, but that no, that then egomaniacs don't have um, don't have ultimate success because that's too extreme again. Right. So I think self doubt is is very, very healthy. It's a great um, it's a great driver, it's a great motivator as well. So everybody has it, all of us humans. Um, even the guys who seem so self-confident, sometimes they're the ones who have it most. Yeah. So uh, dear listener, also remember that, that when you have someone in front of you who seems really self-confident, you can look behind the, eyes and behind the eyes and often it's just covering the, the greater insecurity. Uh-huh. But yeah, so this is a um, hope that even with self-doubt, <laughs> you can uh, win big. What do you think are, is the key to eliminating self-doubt? For yourself oh, or for anyone, what are oh, some man. simple things? Maybe it's not simple. I tried so much. I tried visualization, visualization in the meditation. Yeah. I tried it so much and difficult uh, for me to find progress there. My biggest ones were preparation. That that helped the most. That helped to, you feel more confident. Yeah, yeah. preparation. Preparation equals confidence. Mm-hmm. So prepare the hell out of it. Like to the gr- I mean, it's so extreme. Um, also the attention to details because ten details add up to a big step. And many people will be lazy to work on those details. So if you can do ten big details, you'll you'll get. And I have a nice example, of which I'll, if you don't mind, I'll just throw it sure. in quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so weight in our sport is crucial, just as it is with ski jumpers or cyclists. Every gram counts. And there was a simulation measurement that three three hundredths per second per lap. So a, a lap time, which a three hundredths per second difference, which is often the difference between first place and second place, because really? it's very close in our sport. So three hundredths of a second was equal to one kilo of my body weight. Oh my god! So even though even though the car with me weighs seven hundred kilograms, which is one thousand four hundred pounds, because we have such high g forces, two pounds more is three hundredths of a second per lap slower. Slower! Wow! So it's very very like very fine line, and therefore every gram counted. And I really focused on the details. So I chopped my socks. I chopped my socks. I took my, the helmet paint off because it was 60 grams. Shut up. So I went from a colored helmet to a black helmet because then it was just the carbon, the bare carbon, because I think it was even 80 grams. Uh, so the socks were five grams each. The helmet was 80 grams. And it adds up. And it added up to 500 grams, everything I did. And I also chopped my seat because the seat is a carbon mold. So if you chop it in the places where you don't necessarily need the seat, mm-hmm. you have, again, 10 grams here, 10 grams there, and you get another 80 grams. Okay, so I had, I had 500 grams. So then I get to the summer, summer break, and I'm behind in the championship. This is my last year. And so I'm thinking, what the hell can I do? This guy's a machine. My competitor, my opponent, uh, Lewis Hamilton, yes. is an absolute machine. What the hell can I do to beat him? I need to find that little bit more. I was just a couple of points behind. And I'd lost against him the previous two years as well, or three years even. And so I'm thinking, thinking, thinking. And then I come to the conclusion, okay, I do a lot of cycling. So I've got these leg muscles. And leg muscles are some of the heaviest muscles in the body. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, summer break, four weeks, stop cycling. And I go on the treadmill and walk instead, uphill on the treadmill. So that I keep my uh, fitness, but mm-hmm. I stop cycling. And I lost uh, uh, 500 grams. From I, I measure myself all the time. And of course, it's not perfectly accurate. Sure, sure. But I'm pretty sure it was more wow. or less exactly 500 grams that I lost. So by now, it's totaled one kilo um, that all the d- details have done. Now we get to qualifying right after summer break. The second race back is in Japan, or second or third race. Japan, my teammate is on pole, and uh, the checkered flag is already out. I'm still out there finishing my lap. I cross the line, 
and I'm ahead by two hundredths of a second no. to snatch pole position away Shut from him. Shut up. And that gets into his head. He, uh, he freaks out, does some crazy shit, whatever. Messes up the start the next day. So he's like eighth after the start. I take an easy win. Um, he manages to come back only to third place. And that gives me the biggest championship lead then on that day. And then I just had to carry it home in the next couple of races. So this is one example of just details that can result in such a massive difference at the end of the day for the whole life, actually. So wow. Uh, it all hinges all on the details. tiny details sometimes. Yeah. So this is preparation. Preparation to give you more uh, confidence. We, got, we could speak another t- uh, hour, couldn't we? But uh, okay, I've got a, So you pretty much grew up with Lewis, right? Yep. Racing so we were, all the time. We were um, racing when we were 13 years old. We were both taken by Mercedes-Benz McLaren. Um, and they paid for our racing because we were the biggest talents in that age, yeah. age class. Yeah. So they paid for our racing and it was just the two of us. Um, and racing the world, uh, world championships and everything. And in the, in the greatest championship, we finished first and second. The only problem was that most of the time it was, him, was, first. It was him finishing first and I was finishing second. Because especially in go-karting more than anywhere else, the natural talent uh, counts. Mm-hmm. Because there you can't do so much with, techno- with yeah, uh, technology. engineering skills and technology. Sure. As a driver, it's more about pure driving because the car is so simple. Um, so there, and, and the guy just has so much natural talent really? off the charts. So always difficult. What makes him naturally talented? Oh, it's just the genes. It's the genes, and for driving, what you need is mainly hand-eye coordination. Is a big one. Really? Yeah, hand-eye coordination, and to um, and the speed of processing of your brain is a big one for us in our sport because things happen so fast, and you have to you have to process things like every hundredths of a second. You have new inputs, a new bump, a new feel, a new uh, vision thing that you can see your car going. So it's really the speed of processing, which is so crucial. And for example, when we, we arrive at the end of the straight with 230 mile an hour, and then we break down, we break down to 50 mile an hour in the space of 80 meters. Uh, so in, in the space of, uh, what the hell is that for a distance? 80 meters, how many yards? 180 yards? No, I don't know. Uh, meters, I'm, yards? It's almost, no it's almost the same, like 100 meters, 100 yards. Oh, it's like, pretty similar. It's like 110 okay, let's yards. Say it's, let's it's say like it's 110 yards. Let's say it's 100 yards. So in 100 yards, we break from 220 mile, 230 mile an hour to 50 mile an hour. Yeah. So it's like hitting a wall. Yeah. And in that, and it takes maybe half a second. It takes maybe half a second or. So your speed and stop. Yeah, it's just, you hit a wall. So if you would, you're a strong guy, but if you would jump in the car tomorrow, it would take your head off, I think. You'd, really? Your head would smack into the steering wheel because you'd not be able to hold it up. So we're very, so strong, much like uh, we're every, very strong on the next than uh, the guys. I, w- I went on a, a, a Navy jet in the G yeah. Force. So they do like, 7G. Yeah, I went. We f- do six. Holy cow. But theirs is vertical. Ours is um, ours is longitudinal, oh, so it's very different because vertical just compresses yeah. you as a body, which is still like extreme. But having it laterally, I think, is is even tougher for the really? for the body because it's like pushing you, is trying to roll your head off. It's going side to side, whatever. Yeah, 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 I went five G and I was like out. Yeah. I was so exhausted. <laughs> it was like I was exhausted. Yeah. So we're doing five six G all the time. Oh my god! Every, every corner is five, in the faster corners. You're is, a machine, is dude. Five six G. So it's very very extreme. And there, in that breaking of like half a second in su- such an extreme deceleration, to still process all the time the little you need to be on the limit. If you break a, a one yard too late, you're gonna lock up and you're gonna end up outside the track. Yeah. And wow. if you break three yards too early, you lose easily one tenth per, one tenth of a second, which can be two positions on the grid. So it's that precision and the processing speed of the brain 
which really makes a, makes a difference. What did that do for you uh, mentally to get to have this guy you grew up with and always get second? You know, behind him, you're always like so close, but he's just a little bit ahead, like every year after year. How did that? How do you overcome that mentally? Well, that's the that's one of the biggest ones that just kills self confidence. Yeah. Even if you, even if I may have had it when I was young, thinking, okay, I'm a great racing driver, but then if you just constantly finish second, and also when I got to F1, because uh, you depend a lot on your technology as well and on your car, mm -hmm. it took me six years to even win my first race. No so for way. six years, for six years, I didn't win not a single race. So six years of no winning at all, nothing. Finishing tenth, twelfth, fifteenth, not even podium, seventh, not even. Well, I had two podiums in but, six uh, years. In six years. So how do you stay confident? How so do you that's like the thing. It's difficult. It's really difficult because everything is telling you, and all the people around are telling you that you're just not good enough. Because oh, they just man. care. They just care about results. They don't care about how or why or whatever. They just care about results, and so they just see the guys who are first. So they're all telling you that you're probably not good enough to be uh, winning one day or how did you or stay world champion. How did you stay in it for that long to? to go six, seven years until you started to see some results at the highest level. You can still, you can still exactly as you always say, focus on doing the best that you can be. Mm -hmm. um, and you know yourself when you've done a really good job, even in, in an inferior right, car. Right, right. So that's where you pull your strength from. And the team will usually also know that, that uh, they know where their car is compared ah, to others. Gotcha. So if you do a great job that they know, okay, with a good car, you probably would have won today. Wow. So that helps. That's really important. In the, in wow. the team community, you get your... Um, your uh, rewards and, and uh, recognition or whatever. Um, so like you, you did better than you should have done. Exactly, this car. exactly. Okay. So that's that's okay. That's nice, and that that really helps you uh, keep confidence and, and keep pushing, keep being determined. And then, and I also really believe strongly that um, the people who really push hard will be rewarded one day, eventually, someday. You just believe that, yeah. yeah. This is a belief that I really have. That's good. That if you keep pushing like hell, then one day. Even if it's a long time, you will be rewarded, which happened to me. I That's pushed great. like hell for 11 years and got the massive, incredible reward at the end uh, after 11 years. And every year along the way, I was always one step better in the championship as well. There was only two years mm. where I was a small step back and then up again, up again. Yeah. So 11th, 9th, 8th, 7th, 6th, 2nd, 2nd, 1st. <laughs> That's great, man. And what was the biggest thought running through your mind within 10 minutes before the starting line? Of a big race, oh, man. It's just it's uh, it's um, it's a lot of uh, what what is it? I mean, there's a lot of adrenaline, apprehension yeah. to what's ahead, concentration, and and as well this this usual fear of failure crap. Gosh, man, <laughs> where do you think you'd be if you didn't fear failure? Well, as I said, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. If you learn to appreciate it, sure, which is one of the biggest powers, learn to understand that failure is your greatest. Gift to grow. It's a driver, yeah. Yeah. So learn to appreciate it. Learn, learn to even, you'll never like it, but learn to understand that it's not that bad. It's actually, mm -hmm. this is your chance. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, this is also something that I visualize a lot and try to under, and repeat to myself, that failure is the opportunity to become even better, even stronger, even uh, yeah. to grow. So Do that's we, an, important, uh, an important one yeah. as well. And because without failure, you just become, you just stay the same. That's you it. never grow. Yeah. So you're stuck. So it, you, you've got you to fail, fail to learn. Exactly. You've got to fail. Yeah. So why were and you afraid the, of it? If you need, if you because needed, it sucks. Needed. The feeling sucks. It's horrible. How how did it feel when you were losing in uh, in in uh, football? It sucks. The worst. <laughs> handball. Well, USA is not that good in handball, so it's like it's always a challenge. Yeah, but less than losing as a team when you do a job yourself. Oh, that's, that's the worst. The worst. Oh. And all your teammates have lost because of you. 
It's the worst. You had the shot in the last oh. moment and you miss it. Oh. Which you, and you usually make that shot and you miss it. So it's you who's cost the whole team the loss. And we're a team as well in F1 because we have 1,500 people man. in the team. And all of them, they, their bonuses depend on my result on the track. So possibly even like the kind of gifts that they're going to be able to oh give their, their kids for Christmas depends on no how, pressure, I do, right? how I do on the track. So when we then as teammates take each other out <laughs> from first and second place, because uh, uh, it was always us two battling for all the wins in the last years and um, in Team Mercedes uh -huh. in, in Formula One. So if we would then crash out and then end up in the, in the wall or in the gravel trap with half a car left, causing damages of millions of dollars and, uh, and, and um, losing the result for the team, man, that that's was, not good. that was tough. That's not and then good. internally as well to manage that. Oof, that happened? That's so hard. Did that happen? Yeah, it happened uh, often. Were both you guys crashed Yeah, yeah we crashed together. No way. Yeah. And, um, and that's that why, was tough. That's why you don't talk as friends today. No, that I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we're okay. We're neutral. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. A couple final questions. This one's called the three truths. So imagine it's your last day on earth, many years from now, and you've achieved everything you want to achieve. Um, but for whatever reason, you've got to take your accomplishments with you. You've got to take your content, videos of you. Very easy. I've got this one. What would be your What would be your three lessons you'd leave behind? I've got this one. No, no, no. Take an achievement with me. No, no, no. No, I want to take an achievement with me. You can't take it anywhere. Oh, you, you can take it all with you, but you, you have to leave three lessons behind, three truths that you would share with the world. They have no, uh, and the world wouldn't have access to any content of yours anymore. So oh, there's, no more, there's no more information. Um, this interview isn't here anymore, but you get to leave behind three truths or three lessons to share with the world. Yeah. And that's all they would have to remember you by. What would be yours? Um, oh, man, this is a Jesus. You with your, you with your three <laughs> truths. Yeah. I would say all of us are, are searching for more happiness in life. Yeah, so I, and I think some of, the most, some of the greatest ingredients are, first of all, living a life of, uh, of doing it for others, mm -hmm. and which I still have miles to go in my life to find my direction there, uh, which also sucks, but it's, it's not an easy process, but I know it's the right way, so I'm working on it. Um, so that's uh, one. Is, 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 is that what you're asking, or yeah. is it different? Three lessons that you would share behind. So doing good for others. Yeah, yeah doing good for others. Yeah. Never stop uh, growing yourself. So yeah. learning for yourself and, and growing for yourself. Um, and then, man. Well, I like the one that my dad said. You always meet twice in life. Mm. It's not really the best one that I could come up with, but it's one, one that I remember. You always meet people twice. Yeah, but I'd like to go into achievements. That would be, much, that would be even nicer now for me. So achievements, I would like to have achieved, to have inspired my kids mm. to live a life of giving. Because yeah. this is something that I missed out on as a young kid. I grew, up in, uh, I grew up in, in Monaco, um, which is one of the richest places in the world. Um, and it's like, it's like a kind of rich cocoon, you know? So, so, uh, uh, and I never, I never experienced or got inspired f by giving to others or, or helping others or doing something really? good for others. It's all about just how much can we yeah, make yeah, and yeah. accumulate? Yeah, not, not so extreme, but it, no, let's say neutral in that sense. Yeah. But, but no, no, because my, my upbringing was still like very respectful for money and very respectful for other, other people and all that. So that's all fine. It was still very good. But I missed the inspiration to help others, um, and that's a, a bit of a regret I have from my from my childhood. And I would re sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. 
earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. If your child is struggling in school, then IXL is right for your family. IXL is an online learning program for kids that covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. It's no wonder it's used in 95% of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Plus, a month of IXL costs less than an hour of tutoring. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com 20. Visit IXL.com 20 to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Do you want to be remembered for inspiring my kids to live a life of, uh, of giving? And it's so important for us parents to, ins- to deliver these inspirations to our kids. Mm. You're going to have all that to look forward yeah, to. Yeah. Because um, I've learned from them as well now. I always thought that n- nurture, no, nature, so the genes, I thought it, that was the biggest part. But I've learned more and more now that as well, nurture plays more of a role than I thought. I have an example that I've, uh, I go a lot, of, I do cycling a lot. And so mm-hmm. to do more quality time with my, with my daughters, I've started to put them on the back seat on nice. my bike, on my racing bike. Nice. And then we just uh, go off and, uh, and stop in the villages, visit the church, uh, you know, and go for a prayer and just spend some quality time like that. And on the, on the road, there's always a lot of plastic lying around. This is in Ibiza, um, a lot of garbage. And I'm always telling her, explaining her how bad that is for the environment, for our future and everything and not thinking much of it. And she is now so gripped by this plastic being bad. So it's unbelievable. It's like become, she's four, huh? but it's become wow, a passion of hers. She's picking it up. She's... It's becoming a passion of hers. Like that she's saying, when, when we get a, a plate and, and, and cutlery, when we're somewhere and it's in plastic, wrapped in plastic or something, she's like, no, no, daddy, this is really not good. Um, That's great. We shouldn't be, you know, and she's four years old. And so here I've seen the power of inspiration and then bringing them these inspirational stories and, and acquainting them to, to that. And I want to do that as well for in terms of helping others, which I'm trying to explore how to how to do it now. But I think that's going to be really, really uh, fundamental. I hope I can do a good job with that. That's good, man. Yeah. That's powerful. That's a great legacy to leave behind. Yeah. What's uh, what's something you're excited about right now? You've got your own show that you're doing. You've got your YouTube channel. Yep. I'm excited You've got your about your annual event. Yeah. I'm excited about uh, the freedom that I have after sport. Because sport is, it takes over your life, which is good at the time, but it's fine as well when it's over. Yeah. Uh, it dominates the life completely, you know, everything. So I'm really loving this, uh, this new freedom mm-hmm. and, um, and going for these projects where I know that I can do good and have impact. So I wish to do it. You're an inspiration for me as well with the way you've gone with your podcast. Thanks. Because it just gives so much value to people listening. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope we managed to extract some today as well. Um, and that's, I think, so cool. So cool. Then receiving emails, you know, and I, I get, I had a mom writing me the other day and from listening to a podcast. Yeah. And she said, oh, you've inspired me so much in, in how I'm going to uh, handle my son who's six because I happen to speak about mm-hmm. parenting as well in, in another podcast of mine. And so that's just, that's wonderful. So yeah. it's, it's these projects where, where I do good, which I love trying to do. And, and I have a huge, uh, I'm very much into green technology to preserve our planet. Yeah. So I'm really uh, focusing on that. And I've built a whole festival around that. It's like a consumer electronics show like What's we have in called? Vegas. Yeah. And it's called the Green Tech Festival. It's in Berlin. And we had, uh, had 35,000 visitors last year already it's in amazing. the first year. It's crazy. Um, so it was a big, big success. And so this is also something that I'm really passionate about because it's really doing good for our future 
such a topic, such an important topic at mm-hmm. the moment, the environment, as we know. Although some of you won't have that uh, <laughs> disagree, maybe in some ways. <laughs> um, but anyways, for for me, it's an important topic. So those are the kind of projects I love at the moment. Where can we find uh, all this information? Where's the best website for you and social media? And where do you hang out the most? Yeah, so this is not good either because it's a work in progress. This whole uh, setting up, as you know, it's sure. very it's very difficult. So I would probably say uh, check out Beyond Victory, which is my uh-huh. podcast. It's a great uh, name. So Beyond Victory or Nico Rosberg. You say great name. Yeah, I don't know. I wish to to give the name more depth mm-hmm. somehow. So I'm, I'm about to change it. You can always change it. Because it doesn't say enough. What like do you want it to you're, say? You're, like, you've absolutely nailed it. Like Your name is is the best in the world. I appreciate it. Thank um, you. So I'm, what do you I'm, want it to say? I want to say that my podcast is not about blah, blah, blah. It's about trying to extract life lessons and valuable lessons from the guests. Um, and hopefully being able to add some of mine as well along yeah. the way. And that's what I want the title to say as well. So... Um, Inspiration, for example, or yeah. things like that. Beyond Victory to is be, cool. I think it's cool. Yeah, but I, I want it to be more clear. Yeah. Because the problem is also me being an ex-driver, people don't necessarily immediately associate me with producing value for them. Mm. They think I'm just uh, going to talk about racing or whatever, blah, 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 like a journalist or whatever. Right. But I would like to express already in the title that it's really about personal development, self-help, um, that mm. whole direction, because that's what I'm passionate about. Driven for growth, something like that. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. Driven for success, yeah. No, it's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah. You've stolen the one word that makes sense. Greatness. Great. There's yeah, no other word. Yeah. There's excellence, which doesn't really yeah. doesn't there's really inspiration, work. Inspiration. There's success. There's greatness. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's greatness. Yeah. I bought greatness.com. Also, I'm looking to develop. Oh, really? I'm looking to develop it out. Yeah. Oh, amazing. So there's uh, so Beyond Victory is the podcast, and then where you're also going to have uh, your episode yes. the other way around. Yes. Me uh, interviewing you. So, so it's you on, can go yeah, check that out. It's on Apple. It's on it's Spotify. All the, all the platforms. Yeah, and on all the YouTube platforms. also, right? Yes, yes. So YouTube. Okay. Uh, it's uh, for me. Podcast is working best on YouTube at the moment. Really, that's more good. Than, even more than audio. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Which is fun. Um, and then greentechfestival.com okay. is my festival in uh, in Berlin, and we're planning to go to the states as well in the future, uh, possibly even as of next year. Amazing. Uh, maybe New York. Let's do it, man. I want to come visit. I'm coming to Monaco. Cool. Are you in Ibiza or Monaco? Where's Monaco? Most of the time. Okay, I got to come sometime. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll come to the event someday. Before I ask the final question, I want to acknowledge you, Nico, for, for your vulnerability with talking about this because I don't know very many world champions who talk about their fears and insecurities like you do so openly. And I don't know if you've been like this your whole life. No, 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 no. No, because it's, it's scary, to, very talk scary. About, uh, to talk about um, very scary. those kind of perceived possible Absolutely. weaknesses. Absolutely. And especially in our sports. It's a sport of machos. Uh-huh. If you have a, a psychologist working with you, uh, he's called brain doctor. You know, like right. you're a loser if you have a, if you if you work if you work with a sports psychologist, you're an absolute loser um, in in our sport as right. in the world. Uh, right, it's right. a topic which um, people don't really right. understand the power of it. Well, I think you got an amazing heart, man, and I really acknowledge you for for your ability to open up and talk about these things because I think if younger people can see that, hey, a world champion, he's insecure, he goes through his doubts and, and fears of failure too, even 70% of the time while he's racing. 50, I changed it. 50%. <laughs> uh, I just think it's it gives a lot of people inspiration, hope, and knowing that, hey, it's okay if I feel this. I can still do something great in my life. I don't need to rid myself exactly. of everything. That's awesome, yeah. And I think it's really great that you, that you shared that. So thank you, man. Uh, final question is, what's your definition of greatness? Def- yeah, this is, uh, oh man, that's a hard one again. Definition of greatness, it's definitely not um, like the, the kind of, it's not success. Mm-hmm. It's, um, 
on a personal level, how much happiness you've found and fulfillment. And then that goes hand in hand with how much happiness you've given the people close around you. Mm-hmm. So your family, mm-hmm. your friends, and how much good you've done for them. And then even beyond that, if you have the chance to do good for even more people on a larger scale, I think that's, uh, that's very, very obviously yeah. greatness and, and nothing, not more than that. It's not a, a result mm-hmm. or it's not a championship that you win. It's really much more there, which is difficult because we all think it's the championship. The results, yeah. <laughs> so I love, that's very, my answer too. Love it's very, very difficult. Thank you, brother. Appreciate Thank you, Thank you very much for having me. Thank Powerful, you all, to all you listeners yes. for tuning in. I hope you uh, enjoy all the remaining episodes that you're going to go live with. Yes. Thanks, brother. Oh, what a good episode. I love this. I love having champions on. Champions who dedicate their life to becoming number one in the world and overcoming all the adversity, the challenges, the odds, the competitors, the rivals, everything. It's just something special about champions they have a way of being they have a way of thinking that is different and it's like an obsession to be a champion i i just love meeting and hanging out with champions and i loved hanging out with nico got to spend some quality time with him and just a, a talented smart kind and caring and, and human being who wants to learn who wants to continue to grow after becoming the champ and i thought that was really cool hey listen up real quick if you want to connect with me more i'm doing something special every week i send out weekly inspirational messages through my texting community and so if you want to connect with me on a more personal level i try to get back to as many texts as possible there's thousands that come through so i don't get back to everyone but i try my best but i'm sending out these audio notes these messages little videos Uh, Things that I don't post anywhere online. So shoot me a text right now, 614-350-3960. Just text me the word greatness, and I'll know you came from this. So the the number you can text is 614-350-3960 and text the word greatness so I know you came from the podcast. Again, big thank you to our uh, everyone who, who showed up and listened today, I appreciate you for being here. If this is your first time, click the subscribe button on the Apple Podcast and leave me a review. I'd love to hear what you thought about this episode and become a fan of the podcast. We've got a massive movement, over 150 million downloads of the podcast, and I feel like we're just getting started. So subscribe and share this with a friend. If you have a friend who loves Formula One, who loves Nico, who loves champions, who loves sports and just wants to learn more about this, then share with a friend on social media. Tag me, tag Nico. I'm sure he'd love to hear from you. Uh, Send a text message to a friend. Whatever you got to do, get the message of greatness out there. You can really inspire someone else in your life today by sending them this link over on Apple Podcast. And a big thank you. Again, text me. Connect with me on social media. Subscribe to the podcast. We are just getting started. The year is almost over, but we are going to start a new decade. Dalai Lama said, with the realization of one's own potential and self-confidence in one's ability, one can build a better world. You don't make this place better by being insecure. You don't inspire other people by having self-doubt. You don't help humanity by being scared and afraid. It's your duty and your responsibility to overcome the challenges, the insecurities, and fears of your life, not to resist them or back down from them. Your life will become better 
when you start to overcome and chip away at those fears one day at a time. Just by diving in, doing the thing that scares you. I know it's scary. Trust me, I lived for a couple decades of my life living in fear, crippled by a few different things until I said, enough is enough. No more am I going to allow this silly little insecurity, this silly self-doubt to hold me back from being a confident human being. No more. This is the end. Tell yourself, I'm done. I'm sick and tired of this crap. I don't want to live in fear anymore. I don't want the opinions and judgments of other people to hold me back anymore. I'm not going to care what people think if I mess up and I screw up and I make mistakes and I look silly. Stop worrying about these things. This is a new year and a new decade coming to you. It's time to step up into your greatness because that's what you were born to do. I love you so very much. I hope you know that. I hope you feel that. We are just getting started together. We're about to hit seven-year journey on the School of Greatness podcast in the next month. And I want to go even bigger over the next seven years with you. But I need your support. Make sure to share this with friends. Continue to connect with me online and let me know how I can serve you the best. I love you so very much. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 